Amen. He never disappoint me one day. Put your hands together and sing to Jesus. He never disappoint me one day. Hallelujah. Since I joined the army of the Lord, He never disappoint me one day. If you don't know that song, let me tell you the, the meaning of the song. I think you can help us to, to project it, please. He never disappoint me one day. Since I joined the army of the Lord, He never disappoint me one day. You ready for it? Good. Amen. He never disappoint me one day. Yes, I know it, oh Lord. He never disappoint me one day. Since I joined the army of the Lord, He never disappoints me one day. Sing it one more time. He never disappoints me one day. Jesus never disappoints me. He never disappoints me one day. Oh, since I joined, since I joined the army of the Lord, He never disappoints me one day. Listen up. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. The men of this world may let you down, but Jesus never fails. Think now, Jesus never fails. He never fails. Jesus never fails. The man of the world may let you down, but Jesus never fails. Think it one more time, Jesus never fails. Yes, I know it, Jesus. Do you know it? Hallelujah. The man of this world may let you down, but Jesus never fails. Think it one more time, Hallelujah. Jesus never fails. Yes, I know He. Jesus never fails. The man of the world may let you down, but Jesus never fails. Hallelujah! Jesus never fails because we serve a living God. Because we serve a living God that never fails. Praise God. Lord, we bless Your name. Because you are here already. We thank you because you have started with us. You have taken all our problems. Because when we compare them with how great you are, our problem is nothing before you. And we know you never fail. <laughs> our company may fail us. Fathers may, may fail us. Mothers may fail us. Money may fail us. Our hearts may fail us, but you never fail. This is our confidence that we have you, the God, that never disappoint. We give you all the glory. No wonder that is said, I have been young, now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. This is our testimony. And we know it's time forevermore. Holy Spirit, this is your hour. Glorify yourself. Glorify yourself. We need your help to teach your word. 
to hear your word, to understand your word, and to do your word. Help us this morning, Lord. Lord, I need your help to declare your mandate. Your children need your help to hear your word and to mix with faith in them. Do it for us this morning, and all the glory will go to you alone. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Please, you can please have your seat. And turn to your neighbor to the right, to the left. Say, God bless you. Because you are in his presence today. Amen. Praise God. This morning, the Lord asked me to tell you, I should fear not. I will help you. Say, fear not. God will help you. Now, please, every preacher, your neighbor, say, fear not. God will help you. That is what God is saying to someone here this morning. Open with me to the book of Isaiah 41, verse 13. Isaiah 41, verse 13. And we'll read it together. Are we there? Okay, one to go. For hide the law thy God will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee. Again, for I the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. And I see you wave your right hand unto the Lord. I say, Jesus, this is my hand. Hold it and help me. Go ahead and pray that prayer unto him. See him hold your right hand. That is your, strength, your hand of strength. When you give it unto him to hold that hand, you don't need to struggle again in life. All is set for you. Say, Jesus, this is my right hand. According to your word, hold my hand and help me. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I'm going to go through quickly what does it mean to fear. Fear means a lot of things to many people. But it will go through this so that you know what does this fear really mean. And of course, we are under the bondage of the fear and we don't even know. So we need to know it this morning. Because he said, for me to help you, your fear must disappear. The first thing I'm going to let you know is fear is a spirit. Fear is what? We have two types of fear. We have the beneficial fear and we have the detrimental fear. And this morning I'm going to be concentrating on the negative fear, not the beneficial fear. In the book of Second Timothy 1.7, the Bible says, For God hath not given us the spirit 
of fear. Do you see it? The spirit of what? So it's a spirit. But of power and of love and of sound mind. But note it. If God has not given you the spirit of fear, then who gave it to you? The devil. We, all, we are familiar with the beneficial fear. Is the fear when we say you should fear God, reverence God, honor God. Let's go to Psalm 1 1, verse 10. Psalm 1 1 1, verse 10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding of all days. That do his commandment, his praise endureth forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Proverbs fourteen twenty six, say so in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. So you can begin to see the opposite of that. When you fear God, you have what? Strong confidence. The fear of the law makes you to be confident and to be bold. It makes you to face challenges headlong, without any fear. You are ready to slap the devil of the face if you see him. When you fear God. Because you know God is standing by you. When your child fears you, he stays with you. If anybody wants to harass your child, what does he do? He runs to daddy. And no, nobody, how tall, how big you may be, you dare not touch that child because he's standing by who? By the father. And that's the fear of God. And the Lord encouraged us to have that. Look at Job 1.8. And the Lord said unto Satan, Job 1.8, As thou consider my servant Job, that there is none like him in the head, a perfect and an upright Man, one that feareth God. Job feared God and eschewed evil. What does that mean? He feared God and disregards the devil. He has no fear for the devil at all. His focus was, I have to fear God. Because when I fear God, devil has to flee. Now, let's go to where we are going today. Which is what God is saying. Fear not. That negative fear the devil has invoked into your life. The Lord is saying, you need to cast that demon out. You are afraid of everything. Men are even afraid of themselves. He's saying, fear not. This fear is the fear that you have when the devil releases the spirit of fear. You want to do a project where the devil says, No, you don't start it. But God has said, Go start it. Say, No. You hear a news, somebody died. Ah, 
I don't know, probably I'm the next one. What is the age of that fellow? 40. Oh, I am 40. Probably I'm the next in line. You heard that somebody in the car was going on the road and knock a child down. Oh, you say, oh, where's my child? Where's my child? And you hold that child in your hand. Because you, the devil is already programming your hand. Probably your child is the next one. I say no this morning. You heard there are retrenching people in your company. And you begin to shake. You begin to connect. Where's the name? Who are the people? Who are the people? That is the fear that comes from the devil. The devil said the righteous. There's what? There's what? As bold. As who? As lion. You never see a lion turn his back to any animal in this world. You rather stand and, and every animal disappears. Said the righteous as bold as what? As lion. I checked the definition of this fear in the in the in the dictionary, and you you'll be amazed to hear hear what you say. He said, "Fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger." Evil, pain, whether the threat is real or imagined. Do you see that? The problem, many of us, you cannot even sleep with your light off. If you hear any, you see you want. <laughs> Praise God. The spirit of fear. The spirit of fear. Before you leave this place this morning, Every form of thing that is fearing you, you will begin, they will begin to fear you from today. In the name of Jesus. Because the situation is going to change. I said the situation will change concerning you. That thing you are fearing, it will begin to fear you. And you will become what I call a principality to him. Or her. That boss at each time you go to office every day, it's like you are going to Armageddon. Every time you want to leave the house, you say, God, please, what do you do this man? I'm going to face this man again today. There are people here. When you go to office, like you are going for a battle against the old nations. Because you don't know the next thing that will happen in the office. Somebody is writing a letter, and they were coming to give you that piece of you are already shaking. Probably this is my sack letter. Jesus. That is the spirit of fear. And it comes from the devil. You must not allow it. Jesus classified this fear as opposite of faith. Let's look at Mark 4.40. And he said unto them, this is where the disciples were afraid of the storm. There was storm and they were afraid. You can imagine. Jesus was in the same boat with them and they were afraid. If I to be me and I'm in a plane and Jesus is beside me in the plane and the pilot said this place is no diving to the floor. I will just slip off. Because I know the moment that plane wants to touch the ground, it comes up again. Because who? Jesus is there. But the disciples were afraid because of his storm. 
And what did Jesus do? He was shaking too. He was sleeping. Because you know the devil can't do anything to him. Look at what he said in Mark 4.40. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? So when you are fearful, what happened? The devil is using it to make your faith to go down. So that your fear rises. So that the fear of situation or circumstance goes up. And the faith in the word of God comes down. That is the aim of the devil. When he sends the spirit to any of his victims. Now, let me go through why God is saying you should fear not. And that will be what the devil used this type of fear to do in the life of a man. I'll go through it quickly. He uses it as a weapon to weaken your faith and your trust and confidence in the Lord. It makes you doubt the word and the ability of your God. It conceals the truth and magnifies the fake, the false word about God. Fear makes you to see your problem bigger than your God. <laughs> you know the song we, we did during the praise worship? About your problem. See, if God carried the weight of who? Not the weight of your problem. Hello? Can you see how tiny your problem is compared to the problem of everybody even in this church? Not to talk of the problem of the whole world. And this our God. Where does he put it? On his shoulder. And you can see, but many of us, you so magnify your problem that your problem is too big for you to even see God. When the spirit of fear comes inside of you. In Proverbs 3.25, the Bible says, Be not afraid of sudden fear. Be not afraid of sudden fear. Be not afraid of disaster, of terror that you hear. Neither of desolation of the wicked. When you hear those things happening to the people of the world, don't be afraid. Why? For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The devil uses bad news, bad occurrences, past defeats to make us afraid. Failure, death, whatever accident. Many of us, you have accident, you, you even stop going, 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 going to where you, you, you plan to go. Because you had of one accident. Who told you your car will have accident? Even if someone tells you, tell, tell them, Jesus is in the same car with me. My car cannot have accident. It is not possible. In Psalm 91, verse 7 to 8, hear this. Say, a thousand shall fall at the side. How many? A thousand will fall at your side. And ten thousand at your right hand. But what? It shall not come near thee. Only with thy eyes. You see it in CNN? Hello? You see it in BBC? You see it on the road? Say, only with thy eyes without thou see. And behold, the reward 
of the wicked. Fear makes it difficult for you to completely believe your God. For you to believe that God can truly help you. We are coming to that. When you are afraid, you find it difficult to believe God can truly help you. And that's what makes you start looking for alternatives. Well, of all, you believe your company can supply your needs that you believe God. Philippians 4.19 says what? My God, not my company. Not my boss. Not my doctor. But many of us, you believe what your doctor says more than what God says. You believe what your, your employer can say or has said more than what your God has said. Fear torments. It punishes and it destroys. First John 4.18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear has torment. Many people are under bondage today, not because the devil has done anything spectacular. The only thing he did was to put fear. And that's how they... And from that fear, what happened? They start imagining, imagining, imagining this. And before you know it, the devil brings to pass. That's in their what? Imagining. And that is why you need to watch it. The Bible says, no, no, take, take this. The Bible says, as a man ticket in his heart. What? So, if you allow fear in your heart, what is going to happen? That fear will come. That's why you need to fight every spirit of fear in you. So, m- many people, you see somebody coming towards you, you already programmed it, probably, they have said the guy should come, go and, come and kill you. <laughs> That's the spirit of faith. Main reason why you see when you go through the scriptures, is it Abraham, Mary, Zechariah, Moses, Gideon? Whenever the angel comes to deliver a message to anybody, what will be the first thing the angel will say? Fear not. Why? So that you have the strength to believe the word. Because when there is fear, it becomes difficult for you to believe the word of God. I'll give you three basic understanding that you need to have that will encourage you never to fear again. No matter the matter. Did you hear that? No matter the level of challenge you're going through, what will make you to do like Jesus did in the midst of storm, it was what? Snoring. Not just sleeping. Snoring. Because they have to wake him. Can you imagine? Storm outside, everybody shouting. They have removed all the, everything in the ship. Just to light the ship. And my master was what? Sleeping. That is what we call calmness in the midst of storm. Number one. Understanding you need to have. Your enemies are actually afraid of you. Because what? They see your God standing by you. Now, can you imagine my child standing beside me and somebody wants to harm him and my child will be shaking? How do you think I will feel? I will talk to him. Can't you see I'm here? 
That's what you do to God. We disgrace God when we are afraid of the devil. When you are afraid of the devil, the chief devil, you are disgracing your God. Can you imagine how God will feel when you are standing beside him and you are shaking because of one demon harassing you? Instead of you say, demon, shut up! Because I'm beside my father. Because I'm beside the king of kings. That when he speaks, it is done. When he proclaims, it is established. But here you are, you are shaking. In 1 Samuel 18, 12 and 15. 1 Samuel 18, 12 and 15. Here it is. And Saul was afraid of David. Because what? The Lord was with him. Saul, King Saul, was afraid of David. Because the Lord was with him. And was departed from Saul. And verse 15. Wherefore then Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely. He was afraid of him. This is what should happen in your office. In your family. They should be afraid. In fact, they are afraid of you. But if you that you are supposed to be strong and bold. You are now shaking. What will happen? They change straight. Eh, we have catch him. And they eat. Your attitude, action, and action, how you handle issues, will inform how your enemy will treat you. If you go to your enemy with boldness, he will flee. The Bible says, Submit yourself unto God. And do what? Resist the devil. And what will he say? He will stay. But if you are fearful, can you resist the devil? No, tell me, tell me that. When you are fearful, can you resist the devil? Submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil. And he has no option. Automatically, he will flee. David was too conscious of God's presence. That he dare not do anything. You remember, even when God... Gave David the opportunity to kill Saul. David said, no, this chief man, I'm not going to kill him. Let God deal with him himself. I want to show him that I'm not afraid of him. David was too conscious of God. He was too conscious that God was with him. And so he would not even, he, he, Saul was too small for him to kill. He said, God, you have to deal with him yourself. No, I will not, I will not touch him. Because I know he can never kill me because you are on my side now. You are no longer on his side. How do you treat your enemy? I'm asking you. How do you treat your enemy? Your physical and invisible enemies. Now, number two, why you need to be encouraged never to be afraid. Your past testimony of how God has defended you and helped you should be your source of courage. When you go through the Pentateuch, repeatedly you see God taking the Israelites back to what he did for them in Egypt. For example, in Deuteronomy 7, 18, it said, Thou shalt not be afraid of them, 
But shall well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt. So whenever the devil comes harassing you, remember how God fought for you. And you tell the devil, sorry, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He fought for me against you before, he's going to do it again for me. Now, another one is your discovery in the scripture. When you study the word of God, the knowledge of God that you have is another proof and reason for you never to be afraid. Because your God, whatsoever he has said in his word, he is able to do it. You see this in the life of Joshua. When God commissioned Joshua to take the place of Moses. If I were to be Joshua, I would be afraid too. <laughs> because Joshua, he saw a glimpse of how difficult was it to handle Israel. So when God said, Joshua, you are the one taking the position of this. <laughs> Joshua, remember, was not even part of the headers. He was just a servant to Moses. So he must have looked at it. How will I even deal with these people? How will I deal? This is not, I can't do this, God. And you know what happened? The devil now put fear in him. Like, hey, you will not, tell God you can't do it. Tell God you can't do it. But look at what God said. In Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9. Have not I commanded thee, Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Do you see that? The Lord your God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. No wonder. When Joshua caught this fire that I want you to catch this morning, even when God came, when Jesus came, by the way, if you go to theology, that was Jesus. Jesus came. He said, I'm the captain of the host of heaven with a sword in his hand drawn, ready to fight. Joshua did not move back. Joshua went to him straight. He said, are you for us or you are against us? Somebody that is afraid does not do that. Hello? Joshua was ready to fight because he knows his God will fight anybody that they are touching. And that is the boldness I wanted to have from this morning home. Joshua went to evil God, the captain of heaven himself, said, are you for us or against us? But the woman said, I am the captain of the host of heaven. Say, hey, sorry, sir. He bowed down immediately. That was a bold man. And that is where God wants you to be. Tell somebody beside you, be bold. Say it boldly. Say, be bold. Say it boldly. Say, be bold. And fear not. In the name of Jesus, I will help you. Let's go to that. Say, fear not, I will help you. With fear gone, what next? God is able and he is ready to help you. You need to sing that in your heart. That your God that you serve is able and is ready to help you. How do I know? Why am I sure that God is going to help you? 
In Second Chronicles 14, verse 11, the Bible says, It is nothing with thee to help. Helping you is cheap for your God. That song already did the message. If he can carry the weight of the whole world on his shoulder, how much more is your tiny, your very tiny problem? God can help you. Tell somebody beside you, say, God can help you. And he will help you. When will he help me? Good. God bless you for saying that. And you see that in Psalm 46 verse 1. Open it. Psalm 46 verse 1. It said, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Not a late present help. You know, when you, when you have issues, probably there's a fire or an accident, you call a fire brigade or you call anybody. Do they come immediately? They have to drive. Even they themselves have to be afraid not to have accidents on the road. <laughs> but my God, when you call heaven, God has an emergency. It comes when? Before. No. It comes before. Because he said, Whatsoever you're going through, I have gone through it. Before that evil will happen, I know it. That's why it's the present help in the time of trouble. God is never late. Even when it seems it's late, watch it. Something is around the corner. <laughs> The brothers and sisters, the sisters of Lazarus, they gave up. And they were consoling themselves. Now, okay, we will see him at resurrection. But Jesus said, no, sorry. I delayed. Because that was not the time. Now is the time. Because this is the present help in time of trouble. And he came to the situation. And Lazarus came back to life. I don't know how your problem looks to you. But God is saying, I have the present help in time of need. Remember, remember the three Hebrews. God did not do anything until it was clear to the whole world that this is God. Do you remember, of course, you, the way you, you, things happen, you cannot clearly say, it is God that did it. No, I think it's my, it's my boss. My boss was smart. I think the doctor, the, those doctors are very sharp. They were trained in, uh, in uh, MIT, or where do you call it? The best university in the world. Those doctors are very sharp. Because what? <laughs> you still have a thin line between who helps you. Is it the doctor or God? But by God will wait until you will know, uh-huh, it is not doctor. Who did it? It is God. Who? Say it is God. Say it is God. And that is my God for you. Daniel was not delivered before he got to the Daniel's, to the lion's den. He came to deliver him where? In the lion's den. God will help you. I said, God will harass and help you in the name of Jesus. And the third encouragement I want you to have this morning is how or with what will he help me? You see that in Second Chronicles 25, 8. It be. Therefore, God has power to help. Your God has what? 
power to help. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Quickly, let me take you through the key for you to assess your divine help from God. And that key is total and complete trust in the Lord. You want God to help you? You must trust Him completely. In Psalm 28, verse 7, Psalm 28, verse 7, said, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. And in Psalm 37, verse 40, Psalm 37, verse 40, said, The Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Because, can you see it in your Bible? Because they trust Him. God is committed to help you if only you put your total trust, 100% trust in Him. God is asking you this morning, who do you trust? And if you trust me, what is the percentage? 50-50 or 70-30? Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will help you. Do you see that? You trust in him, in all your ways, he will help you. Our God is the only secure source of help you can ever have. In Psalm 60, verse 11, let me take you through this and we'll pray. The Bible says, Give us help, Psalm 60, verse 11, from trouble. For vain is the help of man. Vain is the help of man. Psalm 146, verse 3. Psalm 146, verse 3. Say, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of man, in whom there is no help. Men are not reliable. Even if you, if you, you need to know that recently you see what is happening in our world. Presidents are dying. As strong as Margaret Thatcher was and his. Where is she now? Dead. So don't put your trust in man. No matter how powerful how powerful, how strong, how positioned they are. The Bible says the life of a man is like a flower. In the morning, when the sun shines, what happens to the flower? It blossoms. But as the evening is coming, what happens to it? You see, it withers. So is that the person you should put your trust in or in the God? The unshakable God. The one that is ever Present, ever available, ever powerful, the old many protect or many science God. That should be your source of trust. Nobody is too important in this world to cage you or put you in bondage of trust. Now, is it possible for me to stay here and I'm looking up and I'll see what is down? Is it possible? 
You cannot say you trust God and you are still trusting somebody. No. You need to focus on God and on God only. You need healing this morning. The woman with the issue of blood tried other sources. But the problem became more critical. And when she became critical with the problem, where did she go to? To Jesus. Please don't wait until your problem becomes critical before you become critical with the problem. Go to the right source. Esther. Esther had the option of lobbying the king makers, the king friend, the same king friend that influenced him to send Vasti away. The, Esther would have gone to them and said, well, what do we do? Okay, I think I will fast. But let me fast, then I will talk to that king, that friend of the king. I will talk to him. I will network with him, like many of us we do. I will try and make contact with him so that they can help me talk to the king. But I said, no, after fasting, I'm going to go right in there to that man, to that king. If I perish, I perish. You know what he's saying? I know my God, him only I trust, and he will not let me perish. Because I'm doing his cause. In Psalm 75 verse 6, the Bible says, For promotion, cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But from where? From where? From God. Your promotion is not in the hand of your boss. Do you believe that? Your promotion is not in the hand of your boss. Your breakthrough in life is not in the hand of any witches or wizards in India, in Nigeria, wherever they may be. No! They have told you, oh, you will never make it in life. Tell them that you are saying it to your, yourself, not to my God. But God said it, I believe it, and that said to it. All that God is asking you to do this morning, let me begin to round up. So please stop being afraid. Be bold and courageous. Get closer to me. God is asking you. All you need to do is get closer to me in your prayer, in study, in serving me. Serve me like never before. Pray like never before. Because that is what shows God that you truly trust Him and not another person. If you can afford to spend eight hours at your place of work, many of us even spend extra three, four hours. But you can't spend five minutes before God in prayer. Then who do you trust? You see who you trust? Five minutes. Prayer. You cannot afford to give God. But you can afford to spend eight hours. And plus, trust me completely and look for no other alternative. Refuse to beg man. Please, stop begging man. Who do you beg? Beg God. Mordecai refused to beg Haman. Haman said, Mordecai, you have to bow to me. Mordecai said, sorry. As a Jew, I must not worship a man like you. You're a man like me, I cannot worship you. I don't care what you want to do. And Amman was, he went to plan where to hang Mordecai. 
But what happened to my God? Because Mordecai went ahead to be serving his God. He said, oh, somebody wants to destroy the Jew. No, 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 God will not allow this. We are going to fast. So Mordecai was busy doing the work of God. And God was busy doing what? Finding a way to promote him. And what happened at the end? Mordecai was gone. Mordecai was promoted. And Amma was what? Demoted. And not only demoted, died. Who do you put your trust in? Never doubt his word. God will surely help you. I want to tell you one testimony. I will pray. In Nigeria, by God's grace, I was on a job. And my colleagues were all lobbying for salary increase. And I consented. Okay, go. Let's submit it. When the promotion came, when the salary increase came, they increased others by almost 30,000 naira, but they increased by only by 5,000 naira. And we all fought together. And all of us were in the same category before. And so they told me, no, go and beg. Go and tell them, why should they treat you like this? But I said, no, I'm not going. My God will fight for me. <laughs> and he did. You know how he did it? Somebody I did not, in the same company, Somebody I did not ever even thought could be a source of help came to me and said, Look, I believe you can solve this problem. And took me to that job. You know how many times God increased my salary? What I was getting before times six. What I was getting before times what? Six. Because I refused to go to man for help. Rest on your feet. God is on your side. But you have to stop being afraid. God is ready to defend you. He's ready to help you. But you must stop being afraid. Before we pray, let me give some people opportunity to give their life unto Jesus right now. God will not help you when you are not on his side. In fact, every time you commit sin, what are you saying to God? God, I don't need your help. Did you hear that? Each time you commit sin, what do you say? God, I don't need your help. I can help myself. If you are still committing sin, you are here this morning, God is saying, it is time for you to come to me. Or you have been saved before, you backslided, God is saying, come back to me. If you are in that category, I want you to please wave your hand to him. I said, I want to pray with you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Please raise your hand very well. Raise your hand very well. Ushers, please, I want to give them the form. I want to pray with you right now. God bless you for doing that. Remember, that man came to Jesus in Mark. He was sick, but Jesus did not see the sickness. He saw the sin. Jesus said, your sin has to be forgiven first before I can heal you. I want to raise your hand very well. God bless you for doing that. God bless you. God bless you. I know there are still many. You are living in sin. God cannot help you. God cannot help you. It's not possible. I want to pray with you right now. Jesus, I thank you for this, your children. I want you to pray in your heart yourself. I confess that Jesus, I am sorry for all my sins. Please have mercy on me. If you are raising your hand, please pray that prayer. Have mercy on me. I surrender my life unto you today. Promise him you will never go back to your sin again. 
and that you will serve him forevermore. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Lord, I thank you for this, your wonderful children, that have decided to cross from the other side unto you. Please accept them, write their name in the book of life, and give them the grace never to go back to the world again. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Please, if you say that prayer, and you feel you got it form, please make sure you feel it. We would love to pray with you to ensure that you are strong in him. And the devil will never take you back again in the name of Jesus. I know that time is fast spent, but I wanted to pray this prayer. Just three prayers. We'll pray it quickly. And the prayer, the first prayer is you are going to be you are going to declare your freedom over fear. Are you ready to do that? You ready to do that? Say, Father, I refuse to be afraid. I challenge everything. I challenge everyone. Making me to be afraid. By the power of Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. I have the spirit of power. I have the spirit of love. I have the spirit of sound mind. From and forth. From and forth. My source of fear. Disappear in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and declare that. The Lord, I refuse to be afraid. I refuse to be afraid from that homeward. Because Jesus is the source of my boldness. I am as bold as lion. Everything that is fearing me. I turn against them. I command them to begin to fear me. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. And the second prayer we're going to pray. Then you're going to say, Jesus, you are the only source of my help. Doctor is not the source of my help. My boss is not the one. My father that is sending money to me, even is not the one. My friend that I depend on to run to each time I'm around, I am out of cash that I run to, is not the one. And you're going to pray this prayer. Look at what Psalm 22 verse 11 will say, Baby, not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. If you know truly there's no other person that can help you, then you're going to pray this prayer. Say, Father. Say, Father. Men have fed me. Situation have fed me. But I know you will never fail me. I confess today, you are my helper. And I know you will help me. I know you will help me. Please arise for my help. Help my wife, help my husband, help my children, help me in every area of my life. Go ahead and tell God, Jesus, arise for my help. Help me on every side. Help my marriage that is breaking. You are struggling in your marriage. Help my marriage. Because you don't have one thing or the other. Say, Lord, I need your help. In my work, help me. Jesus, arise for my help. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the last prayer is what I call SOS prayer. The prayer of emergency. You know what you do when you have emergency? You're going to shout unto God. Say, Father, there is emergency concerning my case. Please make haste. Let me read this picture for you. Psalm 70 verse 1. It said, make haste, O God, to deliver me. 
Make haste to help me, O Lord. So you are going to call God. God, there is an emergency. Concerning my situation. Please rescue me. Please help me. Please deliver me. Quiet and cry to the Lord. Jesus, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. If you don't help me, nobody will help me. Arise for my help. Arise for my help. Arise for my help. Arise for my help. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. Let's just continue to thank the Lord right now that He has reminded us that we have nothing to fear if we only trust in Him. Psalm 145 verses 18 to 20 says this, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear Him. He, will, he also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. None of us here are wicked. We all love the Lord, and we have nothing to fear. The Lord has reminded us again today. Just put your trust in the Lord. Just put your trust in the Lord who you love so much. You know that you love Him, you acknowledge that you love Him, but put your trust also in Him, and He will take care of every situation. The Bible has the words fear not or do not be afraid 366 times. For every day of the year, there is the fear not or do not be afraid. God has placed it there so that you and I can claim it every day. It's not once in a while, it's every day. But you know what fear is? Faith evaporating at rebellion. When you rebel against God, when you say, I don't want to do what you want me to do, I don't want to obey you, you are rebelling against God, and your faith will be replaced by fear. Do not rebel against the Lord. Do not stand against Him. Let Him stand by you. Let your faith increase. Fear will automatically go down. Faith, fear has no place. In the presence of faith. It's like light and darkness. Darkness has no place in the presence of light. Father God, we just want to thank you right now, Lord Father. Father God, we want to thank you that you have reminded us again, Lord Father. That you are a God who loves us. You are a God who is so mindful of us. And you have clearly told us that we have nothing to fear in this world. Provided as long as we are trusting you, Lord Father, as, as long as we put our faith in you, Lord Father. And Father God, today we commit ourselves to that, Lord. Every one of us here, we say, Lord, that we are putting our trust in you and only in you, Lord Father. We do not want to look to man for any situation, any circumstance. Whatever be the mountain in front of us, Lord Father, we are looking beyond that, Lord Father, and we are looking to you. We do not fear the mountain or the molehills that are there in front of us. Father God, thank you, Lord Father, for telling us this today. Thank you, Father, for the servant you, whom you have used this day, Lord Father. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to bless him, anoint him mightily, Lord Father, and give him more truth, Lord Father, so that he will be able to teach us more in days to come. 
I pray, Lord, that you will bless him and his family, Lord Father, and keep them within your paths, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord. Father God, even as we depart from this place, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to guide us, lead us, continue to minister unto us, Lord Father, and make us the type of people you want us to be. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' most precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you all.